So welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. I want to give a really big thank you to Wild Earth Australia because I'm just so stoked to be a part of their team. Through them, I get to meet the most amazing adventurers because as a company, they are really supporting people that are just getting out there and giving life a really good crack. They're just such a good company that truly believes in the adventurous lifestyle. So a big thank you to them. Now, if you need any gear for your next adventure, running, hiking, camping, climbing, survival, you name it, there you have it. So go to the website, wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code, Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Free shipping Australia-wide, they even ship internationally. So welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. Again, I'm apologizing everyone for not having many episodes come out the last few weeks, and that is because... I just went ham building my house and I've got to say, I finally got the place to lock up. I, it, was, it was the most amazing, I can't even describe how good the feeling is to build your own house and to lock the door and then walk out to go on an adventure. So I just didn't have any time for the podcast and now, right now I'm just on the Gold Coast for a week working on it. And what I'm going to do, because I've got to go up to central Queensland, I'm doing a construction job for five weeks to get cash back up because I ran out of money building my house, as you do. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to right now this week, work on a whole heap of episodes, and then I'm just going to schedule them to come out. And then I'm just going to bar the website for a bit and maybe catch up on the website things when I get back. Because... That's where the majority of the work goes into editing up an episode and saying this stuff and putting it all together doesn't take too much time. So I'm just going to be a little bit lazy on that part, but at least I can get some episodes out to you guys. Now, this episode you're about to hear was recorded just the other night um, on our property, not at my place, but at my neighbor's place, Benny's. And it was just, I just... I'm pretty much inviting you guys to sit around the campfire with us and our friends, some amazing people, and just listen to a story. So you're going to hear the fire in the background. You're going to hear some of our friends in the background. But I I want you guys to picture yourself being there. The stars were magic, absolutely magical. The fire was warm. It was warming us. It was such a cold night. And it was this beautiful night out in the bush with some amazing people. And we're playing music, which I'll put in the end, a little thing. For, for you guys to hear. But Bo, he's a mate of mine, Bo Devonshire from Byron Bay. He's one of the best surfers to come out of Byron Bay. And we're sitting around the fire and Bo tells us his story about when he bought a donkey and trekked across Turkey. Now, this story is so different. It's hilarious. But Bo is a hiker He's not just a surfer, he's a traveler, he's a hiker. And what I love about Bo is I can really relate to his mindset. And he inspires me so much. This story inspired me so much. I left it thinking like, shit, what can I do? What's something really cool that I can do? But the thing about Bo is when you hang out with him, even though he's such a good surfer and he's from Byron and and he's, he's so humbled, his travels have really humbled him. This is a guy that just completely comes from the heart space and he just has so much love to give and he's just such an amazing dude. So I actually feel honored that I got to sit down and have this, this beautiful night with, with him and his partner and, and, and Tariq and Ben, yeah, him and his partner, Ashna, and they're just a beautiful, beautiful couple. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. 
pitch yourself around the fire with us and just enjoy. All right. Let's do it, but Oi, Bo. Okay. Thank so, you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, so Bosef. <laughs> yes, Bosef. Okay, so so this trip, this trip started out with a dream. So, yes, I had a, a vivid dream in the, the middle of a hobbit hole, like I call it the hobbit hole where I live. And that's in Byron? It's in Byron, in Byron Suffolk. Bay. And, um, yeah, a real vivid dream. I actually had a partner at the time, and I explained the dream, and then I just said, like, listen, I've got to, got to go do this. And I, I just got offered a full-time position um, at Steiner School. So you're um, you're a teacher at a Steiner school. Yeah, and I ended up going and I explained so, my dream to what? them, and they're just like, "You're crazy, you're crazy." But I turned down full time work as a teacher, um, and booked a ticket because of the dream. Because of the dream. So yeah. what what was the dream? The dream was that I walked across Turkey with a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> So what you're telling me, like you're just like like normal night, normal night. Yeah. You're sitting there, you're dreaming away, and in this dream, what 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 was the dream? Like how did the dream? Was, how did the dream inspire you that much that you quit your job to chase what you dreamt? So it was in the morning where you wake up and you got nine minutes of snooze before work and. It was the most vivid nine minutes I've ever had. So I, I just hit the, the snooze button. And you know where you wake back up because the alarm goes back off. And uh, you've, you just remember everything. And in that instant where you remember everything, I just went like, that felt really good to walk across the country with a donkey. Wow. <laughs> so, so for me, I just... I kind of followed that instinct. So, in the dream, like, in the dream, like, what, 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 did you see how you're dressed? Did you see the landscape? Did you see the animal, like, how you're holding it? Like, how did you know it was turkey? I didn't know it was turkey. I just seen it was like a cliff face. And um, it was, it looked like the Mediterranean. And I heard, like, I've actually walked across Europe um, when I was 20. I skateboarded across the whole of Spain like on the Camino de Santiago and um, that was another trip that was a bit wild it was like a thousand kilometers across Spain on a skateboard from the north what makes you want to do things different like this like just something so different uh, dreams just knowing that you can do it and in the moment keeping like I met this old guy on that trip I met this really old guy who was 90 and he was sitting on a park I was sitting on a park bench and he come over and he's just started talking to me and he said like um hey how's it going and I was like what's this 90 year old doing and he he started to explain that um he'd been walking for over 10 years and uh, he was 90, and I said, like, how far do you walk every day? And he said, like, oh, 50, 60 kilometres. And he just, I just caught him taking a seat next to me, and um, 
a place called Saint-Jean-de-Luz in the southwest of France. And he said, like, you can walk across Spain, but everything comes step by step. And I, I just thought, yeah, it does. Everything comes step by step. And he was the first man who inspired me to start walking like at such a young age at 20 and um he said he had like these metaphors for life like when do you ever walk backwards in life where you think about your past and you can only run for so long until you get tired until you have to take you know just little steps and walk step by step again and Do, do you feel you're doing that or wanted to do that for like pilgrimage or just to do something different I, I didn't even know it was a pilgrim walk at 20 years old. That's 12 years ago now. Yeah. But he just said you can walk across this country following these little shells. So for you it was just an exciting epic adventure, like, oh, just do something different. Fuck yeah. yeah. And I had a tent and my, like, world possessions at the time I was traveling, so that was kind of cool. That was, um, I had the heaviest backpack and a skateboard and, a front backpack full of food and this lady's just like you're never gonna make it like you're carrying way too much and I'm like make what like what are you talking about and I ended up just every day just completing 23k's skating where I could and walking up hills and then like yeah just bombing these big ones on the A8 across Spain and that's that's where it first started, really. Like, so, we, what were you like on a normal skate? You like a downhill skateboard or something? Yeah, just a double kick with a big stick, and I had this. What? So you could paddle? Nah, the stick was my brake, and I oh, just really with like a rubber. Everyone's laughing now. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's laughing. laughing. It's just a double double kick with a big stick, and <laughs> the thing, the best thing was like it wasn't like a stand up paddle. Your, your but, missus is losing it. Yeah. I just jammed this stick between my foot and the um the road to break. Yeah. And I and I used my knee to like wedge it in. Did you just and figure it, that out yourself or you saw someone I do it? Figured it out. I almost had one fatal experience where I was hooking down this hill and um I dropped my stick and there was this bike rider next to me. And he was going so fast and I just grabbed him and he he sped off next to me and he saved my life, like literally saved my life. Did did he know that you would drop your stick and that you couldn't stop? Yeah, because I was screaming help with like death wobbles. And then at the bottom of the hill was this big T-bone and um, I never got, I never got to thank the guy, but he literally saved my life that day. He picked up the play. He he saw that you would drop your <laughs> stick. He picked up because someone would normally would be thinking, what's this guy doing with a stick on a skateboard? And I'm, he picked up that, that it was a break for the skateboard. Yeah. I'm, you would drop I'm your call, break. I'm calling him as quick as I could to just come in. Just And he was bombing me. the hill as well, like on his bike. He was, yeah, just going down the hill and I just said like, help, help, help. It was one of those freakish angel moments where... You just come to my rescue. And you just turned up. And turned up. But Where were you sleeping? Like, how were you sleeping when you're doing these? You said I, you had a tent. Yeah, I carried a tent. You know where everyone's got this lightweight gear and everything? Yeah. I just had, like, 
packs full of biscuits and like just like the heaviest bag and like no lightweight gear just one big snow jacket that I'd just come from Canada from snowboarding and I just had all this gear and met this guy and this guy said you could walk so I just ended up skateboarding I said like in my mind like if this 90 year old can walk across Europe for 10 years like I can skateboard across Spain where was he staying was he literally walking across and just staying at places walking 60k a day a 90 year old guy yeah I think he was so well known that everyone just donated food and just gave to him like he was really yeah Fuck, for some reason when you first said that, I pictured that, like, he was at his home and then he'd just go for a walk for 60Ks and back to his home, like, circling, like, different parts of the town. But it's like, no, he was, like, literally walking across Europe, this guy. He, he'd been walking for 10 day. years. Like, he'd, he's got probably eons of stories, decades of amazing I wonder if he adventures. knows, does he know that, that he inspired you? I don't think he does, but if you ever found him, he'd definitely... Yeah, he's inspired a lot of people, I'm sure. How long did it take you to go across Spain on a skateboard? took me a month and a half. It was over a 1,000 kilometres. And then I did from um, Saint-Jean-de-Luz all the way through to um, Finisterra. I think that's the normal pilgrimage. Like the end of the earth, they call it, where you burn your clothes at the very end or something. And, and then Santander, which... The whole walk was beautiful. I did the north part. Some people do, like, the south. And um, the south is just, like, Camino de Francis. Yeah. I had no idea what it was. And now it's so popular that I think everyone does it. Were you getting well-known, like, being a young Australian guy, just, like, walking and, like, skating around the country? Everyone thought it was pretty funny, like, fascinating that someone's... You hear talk, it's like the grapevine, like people, different people will just talk about a skateboarder on the trail and it just passes on and I think I overtook most people because I did it pretty quickly, but it's an interesting walk. Yeah. So what yeah. Is, is that trek something that a lot of people do, like that route? Now I think it's very popular. I think um, I haven't been back to do that route I've done parts of um, different parts of Europe which is another Camino like another Camino walk across Europe like my brother lives in Switzerland in um, the mountains and I know it walks goes through Switzerland and then down into Italy so yeah the the route that they used to um, the Jews used to skate with across the mountains yeah it's amazing yeah really yeah I read a book on that. That that terrain's insane. So wait, so when you did this first trip, did that just set up for you that you could like, the fact that you could pull something like that off, is that why when you have dreams like I, with a donkey that that like, you think that that can be like a reality for you or that you know that that can be a reality because like you've done things like this before? Yeah, I do think that set something up like where I, I knew that... I guess the whole of Europe is just, it's so historical. And part of the walks, you know, like, they're phenomenal. Like, the landscape as well. So when you dream of something like that, then you kind of, yeah, 
What what attracts you to Europe? Because like you're a surfer from Byron Bay. I. When I'm a good surfer too, like it's like what attracts you to to Europe, like snowboarding, like. Yeah, I I didn't ever travel to surf. Like, I never travelled to surf when I was younger. I know there was places that I ended up, and I love surfing, but I think like I'm more travelled to explore. Like when I was, I started at like 18 or 19, and then you know did it all the way through to 20 uh, 22 I come back and then I hitchhiked around Australia and then went overseas again throughout Asia and then come back studied and then just did travels throughout my like whole 20s until now I guess I'm still traveling but did did you ever want to be a pro surfer uh no no it was just something that you just happened to be good at yeah but you just yeah isn't that something I loved something you loved but you didn't have that drive or that passion no like in that way to like yeah I enjoyed exploring and I when you grow up and you see like 12 year olds killing it like way better than you and you know that you know the next generation are going to come through and just absolutely do amazing things and take the sport to phenomenal places you just think oh I might as well be a teacher or a carpenter <laughs> or something else the reality of it yeah You're like ah. so this but, dream with the donkey man that it was far-fetched because I was completing uni as well and I always had this dream that I wanted to create a school as well like and and one time I I remember telling my university lecture that I had a dream as well that I bought a donkey and walked across the country and no one believed me and then it just yeah sort of just happened out of the blue so how did you make that a reality well I booked a ticket back to Europe and I said like I've had a dream and then I flew into Turkey and at the time, like, Turkey was politically and socially, like, unstable. Like, there was so much going on in Turkey when um, everyone else around me was saying, like, don't go. How did you know Turkey was the place that you'd want to do it? I, I like, did you know they had donkeys? <laughs> no, I just figured, like... Anywhere would have a donkey. Yeah, it was, um, yeah I just thought Turkey was a place to walk. Fuck, dude, you're so much like me in a way. Like, I have these ideas, and I'm like, no, I'll just do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just do that. <laughs> you know? I, I just let people like that, but, like, did you check to see if there was donkeys in the country? Ah, that'd be a donkey somewhere. I, I did a bit of research on mules, <laughs> and apparently there was, like, 50,000 mules or something in... Um... Wait, are mules the same as donkeys? They're smaller. No, it's like a half horse, half donkey they're stronger than a donkey i think (laughs) and um half horse half donkey and you can't breed a mule like a mule's the end of the line (laughs) but i I wanted a mule (laughs) 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 i wanted a mule but i got a donkey and the funniest thing was like i just walked so i walked this trail like um I got to Turkey and 
I ended up down the south where the Mediterranean was and I I fully wanted a donkey on this trail but I couldn't find one anywhere like for the life of it had there, had there been any like stories that you'd read or anything about like someone trekking somewhere with a donkey or you just dreamed was there anything that inspired this it was just a dream it was just I, a dream I had no idea that there was a trail so, even so you've flown in yeah you've gone into Turkey you're like alright I'm going to start walking do some trails and At then you're going to find a donkey Fethia there's this Fethia or something. There's this trail called the Lycian Way that I'd walked. Like, I just found out, like, it started at Fethia and I ended up um, just meeting someone on the plane trip down saying, like, they were going to walk as well. And um, I just started out, so... And I think it all started out by talking about what I wanted to do and that was a manifestation of everything that just happened along the way so I started to talk to this um, one guy and he yeah do you just want a beer? anyone want a beer? Benny's up getting beers I've got one thanks wait what well, I'm confused but would you like a beer Aaron? no no I'm a good man I'd like a beer, Ben. Ben, get Ashner a beer. You do. <laughs> just like when, when you're trekking, and you're yeah. doing these walks. So, what you just in a tent? What you got a sleeper mat? And you just I, taking rations? Oh, I had um. So, because I worked at a Steiner school, like there was this lady who made canvas. Um, she just made these canvas swags, and they were just literally a sheet of canvas by two by two by three and they fold it in half and you stitch them up hand stitch them up and um I made one of them before I left and I took this sheet of canvas and then I had a <laughs> I had a sleeping mat and a sleeping bag and that sheet of canvas to keep me dry and um then just a little bit of clothes I had no idea I still have would, no idea about would water get in? Huh? Would water get in if it rained? Yeah, when it pissed down, I was soaking, and that's just the reality I lived. I never knew about, like, good hiking gear, or I don't think I could afford all that good stuff at the time. I just... It wasn't my reality, but whatever. Yeah, you just went and made it yeah. happen. You're young, yeah, and you Yeah, you, you just care. do it. Well, <laughs> you're, you're adaptable when you're young, too. Yeah. Like, you just adapt and, like, well, I, I still feel like I am that. I can still, you know. And that was the best. I'm sure you are, too. Best thing about walking, because when you're tired, you just laid your canvas out anywhere and slept. And, like, often there'd be, like, six days where I'd walk and I wouldn't see anyone. And you just, every day, you, yeah, you're on a new part. What, what would go through your mind when you're just out there? How good silence. <laughs> like, I I realise there's, uh, I guess, there's nothing more amazing than, like, not hearing noise all the time. And I think humans, they sit so comfortably in such noise. Like, I realise there's, you know, when you're walking, you don't, you don't have all that noise around you and I think I realized 
when I got back or when I finished that trail I, I walked up and I got so lost this is an interesting story like I ended up just walking in a trance and I, I didn't have enough water for this one day and I ended up um, following this trail and you know where you zone out and you're just walking and I ended up walking up this goat track and it just the tracks just kept on forking off in different directions and I remember one day like just looking back at all these different tracks and I was just spinning and I didn't have enough water and um it was true and I ended up looking up and just it's the first time I'd ever felt fully lost like I was just like what the fuck am I doing were you scared <laughs> I, was, I was like whoa and just in that moment like probably 10 more minutes of walking I just stopped and there was this massive Turkish shepherd and it just had blood on its paws it was huge it was like a wolf and it just was walking up this trail and I was standing there and I remember stepping aside and I just eyeballed this thing this huge dog and um yeah and it just kept on walking after I'd eyeballed it and stepped out of its path and I, my heart was just like what the fuck am Did I doing just walk past you yeah just walk past so me so it just come from a kill yeah and I had no idea where the fuck was I was was by you yeah he kind of like when I was standing on the trail he knew like I was there and I was in his way and then when I stepped aside he just kept on going and at that point I was like yeah what the fuck am I doing here like and how's that just <laughs> so out there you just become part of nature and then I kept on walking that day and I'd lost the trail like so far off so I followed this power line and then for about 20 kilometers and got to this road and followed this road all the way up and then got to this little town and I I didn't speak a word of Turkish and they didn't speak a word of English so it was always like you're miming your life yeah. like <laughs> pointing and pointing and smiling and pointed at this map and I ended up just having no idea and and then like um I went into this little um it was like a cabin type thing like a hotel type thing and there was this lady that pointed me back onto the map like she could read maps and um I was about 60 <laughs> kilometers yeah far out like this little map she pointed me about 60 kilometers from really? where I'd walked off like trailed off and I was like I'm pretty lost but the next day I took two more days to get back onto it back onto this trail and then yeah it was just before these mountains and then I wasn't prepared for the mountains but I did them anyway and <laughs> it was it was this big journey really and then finally I finished in an what's it called Anatolia I forgot the name it was yeah. a big city and I come out and there's buses everywhere and then I just jumped on a bus and just went straight towards Cappadocia 
What, what was it like to suddenly be in a city? Was it overwhelming? It's too overwhelming. I just, like, after not hearing noise, that's when I realised, like, fuck, it's too busy. It's way too busy. We have it out here. Like, living out here where we live, I've become so in tune with the sounds of nature. And so any foreign sounds so weird. It's so weird. Like, we don't, there's no dogs or cats out here, but sometimes you'll hear a dog or a wild dog or a dingo. Or a pig and it's just like, boom, your ears just pick up. You're like, whoa. You know what I mean? And it yeah. seems so quiet. But then I remember the first night I slept out here um, before I bought my property. It was um, it was so loud because I was it was the opposite. Mm. I wasn't used to the nature, mm. and it was just like so yeah, so loud. So when you're walking in in silence, like total silence, and you're only in your own your own head for so long, it's just like you become comfortable, like so comfortable with your own you know rhythm and pace of walking, and and you realise how comfortable people are in such noise when you get back to the hustle and bustle like you hear radio you hear TVs when you go into joints and it's like I, I actually met this one lady in Cappadocia and she was explaining to me like um, or as like yeah she was saying that she f- turned up her headphones when she ran because she hated hearing herself think all the time and I wondered like if heaps of people actually really can't stand the way they they think all the yeah, time their thoughts their thoughts like why they need to listen to such loud music or well you just did the opposite yeah. like you, you like literally just meditated for like months on end by doing these walks because you're just stuck with your mind you're just there to listen to your mind that would have to be like it would have to be so growing hmm more so, like, the indigenous ways, like, I always believe listening carried on your learning. Like, there was um, this one elder that talked about this thing called Dadiri, which in um, indigenous culture was something about, like, deep listening. Yeah. And that always resounded with me. Like, when they went out into the bush, they just listened and become, you know, so in tune with nature and everything. And I kind of took that on from an early age and believed that listening was carried on our learning really and but it's so yeah the noise is wild so I just freaked out when I got to the city and took a trip straight to the desert because I thought oh for sure like this is the place and um yeah I ended up meeting this person who took me out to this one little village where I met this shepherd this old shepherd why did you why were you just telling were you telling people that you're looking for a donkey yeah I told this one old guy (laughs) did you learn how to say it in Turkish yeah like nasil soon like (laughs) yeah I I had a a little um (laughs) just practice I had a phone like, like google translate like you can literally these days like type in what you want to say and it says it back in Turkish mm. so the time that I did have charge like I I plugged in my phone for this eight hour trip and then the time that I did have charge like I'd write phrases yeah and save them onto this phone 
Oh, I used so, to do that. You'd get on Wi-Fi and like you knew yeah. questions that were hard to ask, and you put yeah. them in, and it and it's it saves there in the saves Google Translate them. app. Yeah. So I had this um, one iPhone four that was all cracked out and like the <laughs> crappiest phone I've ever. Yeah, the old square yeah. ones. Yeah, and um, so I downloaded all these phrases, and um, every time I'd meet someone, like I'd explain what I was doing through this app. <laughs> what were the responses? You're like, imagine that. Like, <laughs> well, in the middle of Turkey, this little Australian dude coming like trying to buy a donkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 It sounds so funny, but that's how it was. It was ridiculous. Weird looks. It was so ridiculous. And then this one guy's, because it's actually really modern over there. I thought it was like going to be Bethlehem time. <laughs> like I thought yeah, it was man, just going to. Like they're really they're they're and they're cool people, man. Yeah. Well, I I found these um, there was this. Children's stories, like by this philosopher called Mullah Nasruddin or Khoja, and um, he used to ride these this donkey backwards into these towns and tell these philosophical children's books. And um, I found this out, like when I was teaching in um, in the Steiner School, and I'd I'd read a fair few of these stories, and I thought they were hilarious. But I found out actually. Hoja or Mullah Nasruddin was from this place called Konya or around there. Like, um, there's, yeah, no one really knew where Hoja or Mullah Nasruddin come from, I don't think. But But um, if he came from there and he had a donkey himself, you'd think there must be other donkeys. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I ended up, when I had. He's on a trail. He's like, I've got a hot tip. (laughs) When I had this donkey from this town I ended up um, wait, wait, how did you get the donkey so, oh sorry 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 I met this one guy and he took me out to this shepherd so I I told this one guy through my app what I wanted to do like my dream and um, he ended up speaking broken English and I just said like I'm looking for a donkey and I went out and I paid this guy I think I was like 200 300 $300 or something for this donkey. Was it trained? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I literally just pictured you. One thing, first of all, I was thinking like how amazing it is that when you want to do something, people just help you. When someone yeah. has a dream, they just go and like they help you try and try and like make it happen for you. Yeah. And I just pictured you like just rocking up to this guy and like showing him up, I want to b- buy a donkey, please. And then him just handing you like a rope with a donkey and you're like, here's the money. And then you're like, thank you. And he's got this donkey like pulling at you. And you're like, um. It, it happened like that. Like, here's a monkey. Uh, here's a money. Here's a monkey. It was like, I got a monkey. Hey, because I asked for a donkey, but it only had one eye. Is that where Google Translate kind of sucks? <laughs> you, get a mon- you get a monkey when you want a donkey? Google Translate was... It was great. It, it brought me there, but I I asked for a donkey, but I got I asked for a male mule. <laughs> a mule. I fucking love it. I love this. I asked for a mule. <laughs> I got a female, like donkey that was blind in one eye, 
and I I ended up thinking it was a guy, but I called it Fred. Like so, I called this donkey Fred, and actually there was um a top. Oh, this is hey, wait, great. How did you get it confused? I didn't. I, in the end, I just like so there was this girl in um at school. And um, she wrote this little children's book. It was classic. I'll have to fish it out. And it was called A Donkey Called Fred. And it was about the dream. And she wrote this children's book about how, um, yeah, basically that I bought this donkey somehow. It was really... So you had told her about your dream? I told her about the dream. And she wrote this little book. And um, gave it to me, and I thought, what a perfect name for a donkey. Fred. Didn't, yeah, Fred. So you don't, it's called Fred the Donkey. Yet. You're like, here's the donkey, here you go, you've paid your money. You're like, here's Fred. Yeah. Thank you, Fred. And then suddenly you've walked around behind, you're like, oh, Fred's a girl. Yeah. And <laughs> I had Fred the Donkey, and I just, I was in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely in the middle of nowhere. And Did he tell you how to feed a donkey? Yeah, well, on the way, I just picked up all this barley wheat. <laughs> And um, it carried the food, it carried my backpack, it carried everything. And, um, yeah, he didn't tell me like, how to feed it, he didn't tell me What was your how to... plan? Once you got the donkey, what was your actual, actual plan? Because if it were well, like, you in a city area, like, what if it shat? It shat and just <laughs> left it on the road. It was in <laughs> Turkey, it was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I was walking along the roads, and then I found out, like, Cappadocia has all these amazing trails and then so i walked from like um this one place through down to neishir neishir and then on my way all the way to konya with like, the donkey konya yeah so when you first got the donkey yeah what was the relationship like between you and the donkey like did it suddenly uh, know that it was you or its master or something like did it did you <laughs> like become friends like you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I, I, I would be so scared of a wild animal like that. You know what I mean? It's like, you get it. And then like, it's like, okay, I'm going to put my stuff on you now. And then come on, mate, we're going walking. I don't, I don't think the donkey was up for it. It walks so slow. And it, <laughs> donkeys are so stubborn. I think like the fact that I, I walked and walked and walked with this thing, like it, it walked, but it would stop. And then I'd stop with it and. I'd just wait for it to graze and then and then I'd be like, come on, mate. And then the guy gave... I've met this guy along the way and everywhere you go in Turkey, like, they stop you for tea and want to know your story. Like, when you have a donkey, like, people are looking at you like, who the fuck is this white guy with a donkey? Is it and, common to have people with donkeys at all? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really. I think like donkeys were pretty rare. So I want to. I want to do something so ridiculous like this now. One day, like you've literally just inspired me. I'm gonna like. I don't know what it is yet. Any animal like it slows you down. Like it. It's amazing because you you're at the donkey's. You're at the mercy of the donkey. Really, like you can't like drag it because you want to walk faster to a place. It's like. Did you know this was going to happen, Bart? Or did you no, think in your thought... mind that you are just going to go walk and it was going to be, and it was going to carry everything for you? <laughs> yeah. But you knew you couldn't ride it? Or did you think you'd be well, able to ride it? No, I can't. I rode it. I had a saddle and everything. I rode it backwards into towns. 
That was the funniest thing. Wait, 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 wait. Jumping way ahead here. We're jumping yeah, way ahead. Yeah, yeah. Just wait, wait, wait. But some nights, like, where... So I'd walk, and at night time, like, I had to um, find places to sleep, and I could, it was, like... There's just properties everywhere, so I'd sneak into people's properties, and I'd sleep in these abandoned, like, houses or, like, in these caves in Cappadocia. So, like... Like, that you would hear about where there's caves, or, like, did you... Were you on, like, a forum where you found out about things? Nah, you just just walk and you find a really good spot, and there's no one around, and you're like, you beauty. And just sleep. So what would a day in the life be like? (laughs) with you on the donkey like you when you first taken it out what was the first day like you've got you've been handed the rope of this donkey and then what did it have it came with a saddle and all that stuff yeah it came with a saddle and then when i walked like this guy gave me a stick and he sat me down and he gave me a beer and he's like Fuck, good luck to you man and just gave me a stick and I never knew what the stick was for until I started walking, but there's so many wild dogs over there that come up and try and attack you. <laughs> it's it's insane. Yeah. Like, there's just packs of it's dogs. It's kind of like Mexico, and you've got to throw rocks at them. Fuck, I it's gnarly. I made a gnarly. game dog running. Dog run. We used to get, we used to get start. Well, we're sitting there, we're bored one night, we didn't feel like partying, and I was like, uh, and, I was, and I said to my mate, I was like, oh, I feel like going out somewhere and just, like, going for a cruise. And he's like, oh, well, we can't, because after 10 o'clock, dogs are just... Just attack you. They yeah. chase you. They do. And he's like, he's like, well, we can't go anywhere. The dogs are like, and we were just smoking this joint. It's like the dogs will chase us. And I was like, well, that could be a game. Yes. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so they like hit the two of us stoners are like, go outside. And we're like, oh. And this man, Ryan Purdy Smith from, from um, Mona Vale in Sydney. <laughs> we're in, we're in, um, we're in Porto, Porto Escondido. <laughs> and like, we start walking along. And next thing we hear this dog bark and we start running. Next thing dogs just start chasing us. They just come out of nowhere everywhere and we're just running like, fuck, picking up rocks. And then it became a game. We started doing it every night. (laughs) Just going dog running. Dog chasing. Smoking a a joint, (laughs) just going out to the back streets, all these village back streets and just getting chased by dogs. It was so fun. (laughs) That's pretty much what every night was like. Actually, every day you come across packs of dogs just like, Coming out of nowhere. If you were on the donkey, would they still go, yeah? Um, No, they went the donkey. So how often would you be walking to riding the donkey? So I'd walk until I got to a town, and then off a show I'd jump on the back of the donkey and just like, well, ride into town on the back. How come you just didn't ride the donkey? Because I had so much stuff to carry. Oh, you just felt bad? Yeah. I just thought I'd kill it. I thought, it, I thought it was going to cock it. I thought, man, for sure this old donkey can't carry me. I didn't even know that donkeys slept standing up either. <laughs> like, it was fucking wild. I'm trying story. to, like, pat this donkey to sleep and make it sit down. Like, after I'd taken its saddle off and, like, tried to, like, comfort this donkey. The first couple of nights I was like, is it just me or is this donkey... St- Sleeping, standing up. Like <laughs> I'm trying to make it sit down and stuff and get comfy, and I'm waiting for it to kick me, eh? Because I was literally trying like, to push it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was, I was didn't really sleep. Yeah. 
because you're and, worried about it. Yeah, that's the that's the wildest thing. Like after a couple of days, you don't really. I wasn't sleeping because of either like the wild dogs or the gunshots. There's gunshots at night as well. From for what? I don't know. You just hear gunshots in the middle of the desert, and. I wasn't sleeping properly and during the day I was walking and then at night I wasn't, I was just up and Were you scared or did you ever feel threatened? In the end, yeah, I'd just become like an omsomniac where, um, fuck, it was about four or five days where I hadn't slept properly and, um, it got to the point where I wasn't, I wasn't sure what was real or what was, (laughs) like, I, I thought it was a dream. And I couldn't distinguish between a dream and reality. And I just tripped out. That that was the end for me in my mind. Like, I just... And then when I finally... I rested one time and I... I ended up falling asleep. And I woke up and I was in this totally different place. Like, um, in, like, this hotel. And... Um, the donkey was gone <laughs> and I come back out and I was like what the fuck like where's it gone where's it gone and the guy there was this guy who had put me in this hotel taken my donkey and cared for it and then reintroduced me afterwards and I, I did bas- he find you on the street yeah I was just passed out I was like and he picked you up and put you in a hotel yeah yeah do you think you're homeless I think so don't know what he think thought but I, I think he yeah he, he picked me up and put me in a hotel and then cared for me and then like why were you just that exhausted that I was just, exhausted and I'm I guessing just, you were dirty like what's I'd already walked like four or five hundred kilometers what did across the ter- across what type of terrain I know you're saying desert but like what type of desert like well I'd walk the coastal trail like um the Lycian way and then I finished that and then I went up to the desert and then I found the donkey and then I walked another couple of like 200 kilometers and I was just exhausted I was packed I wasn't eating properly and yeah yeah what were you eating like pretty much biscuits and fruits and (laughs) so just when you went to villages you just get yeah like just when I when I made it it was like I'd packed two or three days worth of food and then because I know like there's a distance between there that would be 80k or something and that would be about three four days walk so if you were to redo that trip now would you like take like proper rations and like get I don't think I'd redo it I think I've done it no like if you like let's just say like if you were to do something (laughs) like that again (laughs) you know what I mean like I I wouldn't yeah like, I would choose a trail. Like, I... Most of the times, like, I was walking through valleys and then from town to town along roads in the end. Mm. And um, the roads... Like, a car just go... And um, because the donkey was blind in one eye, it would, like, shuffle sideways and you'd just stop for a bit and then it'd keep walking. So, like the eye that it couldn't see out of with its left eye and when a car went past like it would shuffle to the to the right and push off the road a bit 
and then stop and then walk. Yeah. After the car had gone Were past. Were you getting frustrated? So, yeah, I was exhausted. I was like, I gave up. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I had no purpose. Once, once I'd, you know, started, I was, I was like, I'm done. Finished. <laughs> so and what, then... What did you learn from it, but <laughs> Like... I... <laughs> like what? I learned a lot of things. Like, I got to Konya. I've got so many questions that I just don't <laughs> know where to start. It's just like, <laughs> I just want to know it all. Like, uh, yeah, what did you... Did, doing something like that that's so raw and so hard and, like, just so, like... I think I got to that point where, you you know, where you get to that pain and suffering. Yeah, you're broken. That that you're broken and... And that's where you grow, but... I think I just, like, gave up at that point and I just was in this suffering state where I was just so lonely. I was like, I realized, like, what the hell am I doing? Like, that was like, I turned 28 on that journey and it's like... (laughs) Yeah, that was a realisation, like, where I'm like, okay, I'm pretty content. Did you feel like you were doing a trip like that, that you were searching for something? Yeah, I think that was my last trip where I actually just said, like, okay, I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> like, I, I think that was my, my final point where I just said, like, 28, sat and return. That's what they call it, sat and return. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And um, it was that point where I just said, like, okay, enough's enough. Like, <laughs> thanks, Derek. Yeah. He he, mem- he just went and sat and returned so did, and reminded me. Do you reckon, because um, it's weird, because when I was in Iceland and I, and I went across the mountains, I had that same feeling. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I don't need to do this shit because it was just so kind of, it just wrecked me mm. and it broke me. But it's like now I'm like, I can't wait to do something like that again. Like mm. I'm scared. If anything, now I'm more scared. I'm so scared because it's like I'm not as naive now. Like I know what I'm in for. Mm. I think but you become like, more prepared. Like right now we're glamping. But like me and my, my girlfriend right now are glamping. To, to, to us <laughs> we're glamping, but to other people we are not glamping. We don't have nice yurts that we're about to yeah. go camping. <laughs> Like, <laughs> rolling, like rolling out a mat next to a fire. Yeah, but I get what you mean about how rough it is. You're walking along, you're sleeping anywhere. If it's if it's rock, you're sleeping on rock. Yeah, you're sleeping on rock, and then, like, I guess you've just become more and more prepared. I guess the older you get. Like. So I'm going to go back to the donkey for a sec because there's so many questions there. Yeah. When you say riding it backwards, did you sit on it backwards, or you made yeah. the donkey walk backwards? <laughs> like you train this donkey to walk backwards <laughs> nah like anyone out there like listening just look up Mullah Nazruddin and um you'll kind of understand I wonder if people <laughs> knew that but in Turkey they're like or did they just they see this like, like weird white Aussie guy just there was kids when you're walking <laughs> into towns it's odd <laughs> they were just like screaming Mullah Nazruddin Mullah Nazruddin <laughs> and <Yeah>. pointing at you <laughs> and you just had this turban on and and it, it made so many like people laugh what do you want to say Benny were the kids yelling that out while they were sitting in their brand new cars <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
like Turkey's actually very, you know, it's built up, but that's what surprised me. Like you go into a city and the cities were huge, but you walk in this primitive donkey and you're looking like a fool. Yeah. But not that you care, but it's just pretty funny. But kids were laughing, like they knew the stories. Like they knew So of Mullah Nazarudin. So when you'd come into a town with a donkey, where would you tie it up to buy supplies? Like you just get looked after. Like people would let you leave the donkey out the front of their shop and you just leave it there and go and do your shopping and Yeah. Do you that, reckon were look you friends after with you? Fred? Like would he like yeah, want Fred, to be with you? Yeah, Fred loved it. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I've like would he you follow you? Did he know you're its master? Yeah. yeah, I I dropped the lead and I just walked. And it just walked next to me for like kilometers. Would you in the talk end. to her? Um, to him? Yeah, her? I'd sing to her. Like, yeah, I'd sing. And just, there's a song that I'd just sing. Like, um, there's a little clip or something of me doing a selfie video. And it, I sung like this song, like, People pass me by on a motorbike, I say why. When you can walk on by in life with a friend in me. This is my friend Fred. And I'm like filming myself and this motorbike could just go. And you just keep walking <laughs> off into the distance. <laughs> with Fred. With Fred. And like, I'll show you the clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Put, I'll put it up. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> but yeah, it it responded more when you're singing to it. Did you feel safe? Like safer? Like you know how you're saying like gunshots and dogs and everything. But when you're with Fred, did you feel like safer just because you're like not in it alone? Yeah, I think companionship is big part of it. You could do it by yourself, but did it by myself and then I didn't feel I felt like I always wanted to share it yeah so that and, first hike you did yeah compared to the second one with the donkey well was it not as lonely it was much harder with the donkey so you wouldn't take a donkey again because you th- no. cause it, it seems like it's something that you do to make it easier because it carries your stuff that's what I thought that I thought following my dreams like walking across the country wouldn't make it easier with a donkey but in the end it's just like it's carrying its own food your food and you got to care for you know an animal when just everything comes so hard like Maslow's basic needs of food shelter and water like it's hard to get food for you and the donkey let alone you know shelter for the donkey and yourself and water, enough water to carry. Like that was the hardest thing. What would happen when it would rain? Did it the donkey just stand in the rain? Didn't rain. <laughs> really? The desert. Yeah, it was didn't rain for like months. When you what did you do with the donkey when you were done? I ended up so when my trip was to an end, like I was walking and I ended up seeing a bunch of other donkeys. And um I just walked straight up to this one property and had a shelter and I just said to like there's another um shepherd or 
a guy and I just said like listen I'm offering you know this donkey to a good home like I was wondering if you'd like it and I just ended up giving this donkey to this shepherd um, and he had kids and really nice guy and he was stoked like he was properly happy was it sad to, take to it. give your donkey back? yeah <laughs> I cried I cried because the whole journey for me was like it was, it was big it was like I didn't know <laughs> what I was going to get out of it but I needed to like follow my it was like I was following a dream yeah and then when the dream come true I was just like whoa like you can do anything you want to do in life yeah even buy a donkey and walk across the country <laughs> and there's no not, way that you would have come back the same person no there's no like no I think how that do you whole experience of walking with an animal is humbling like yeah you it's pretty cool do you still follow your dreams now to a degree yeah (laughs) what have you dreamt lately (laughs) Uh, buying a property oh yeah you're going to become our neighbour yeah one day hope so yeah like other dreams now I think yeah like I want to have children and grow up and yeah, bring them into the world. Like that's a big dream with a beautiful partner and yeah. Are you are we allowed to touch on um the treasure hunt? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Do you guys know the treasure hunt? Yeah. Can, yeah, this can is you, a cool um, bit. Yeah, can, would you mind um so telling us how you travel? So like my whole all my travels, I've been um, writing children's books, and like, like I, I've just had little treasures that I collect along the way of each travel for the last like eight years, and um, I write a little book, and I um, bury some treasure in a place, and then I map it, and then. I ended up um, burying treasure all over the world. And one day, like when I have children, then um, the kids, basically they turn 18. I want to give them a a big treasure map of all the treasure that are built, uh, buried around the world. And um, yeah, just say good luck. (laughs) Maybe buy them a ticket. That'd and then so fucking cool. Where and then like just, when you say like treasure, like what stuff and like where? Like where have you buried? Um throughout throughout the world, like there's treasure in the States, there's treasure in Canada, treasure in Europe. I remember you told me this like last time I saw you and I was just yeah. like I felt like I'd wasted there's so much of my travels by not doing something like this. It's Remember you telling me like you climbed like around a cliff and there was a crevice 
Yeah. And, and you put something in the crevice. Yeah, that was in Turkey. That was along the Mediterranean. And um, don't know how many followers you got, but if they find out where this is, but <laughs> no, don't say where it is because someone yeah. might go find it. There's listeners in Turkey, man. Yeah, <laughs> there is. It's oh. it's an amazing, yeah, spot, and um, just swimming out to it, and then going into this like crevice, burying it, and then finishing burying your treasure so when you say treasures like like what would it be like a treasure something like of value like i remember one time i buried um that giving too much away but i buried an ipod like one of those real old ipods yeah with um music on it and with a charger and put it in rice and bagged it up and put it in a box and it had like my favorite playlist and the instructions of. You're <laughs> kidding me! Nah, like instructions of what to listen to, like um, to while they read the book, and buried a book and then dug it, you know, about a meter, and then put it in. So wait, wait, wait. So you put it with the book. So basically, yeah. you. It's like someone's, if they find it, they're going to be walking in your footsteps, in your mind. Yeah. Because as they read the book, they're going to be listening to the music that you read, that you related to. Exactly. When you're reading that book. So it's like you're literally passing on like your own experiences. It's like putting someone else in your experience. Yeah. Exactly. Where did you get that idea from? Like, uh... That's just such a fucking brilliant... Can I steal that idea? Yeah. Maybe some... not the iPod one, because you've done it. <laughs> but all the various but there's... Ben, You can start now. <laughs> start in the backyard. Like, we could have a, either bury treasure here and... You know, when the kids grow up in 18 years, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> it's going to be an iPad or an iPod, you know, and that's going to be so foreign to kids. But, yeah, it's... It's cool. You just think of time capsules. So that's what it is. It is. You, it's like the are you, would you mind telling me like like another treasure you've buried, or is it given too much away? Um, no, I don't mind. It was just like little, like sentimental things. Like um, like you'd find like little um, musical boxes. You know those ancient ones where you wind them up. Yeah, and like. You listen to the little um, music, like it, yeah. it plays a dun 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 dun, dun, dun. like little treasures like that. There's like, so much depth in that, but yeah. Are you, do you these ideas that you've had? Have you were you have you always been like this, or is it something from like starting to travel and opening your mind? Or like, have you grown into this person? Like, or have you always had a, such a certain level of depth and, like, looked at the world in such, like, a playful and, like, um, think, free way? I think when we were kids, we grew up with, like, lots of treasure hunts. My uncle, um, Uncle Just, or Justin, he used to always do these big treasure hunts or lolly hunts around the yard and, like, Easter eggs so hunts and just, like, make life fun. And I used to just always want to be a pirate and find treasure. 
Yeah, so did I. Haggard's been yeah. a pirate. I know one. Do you? <laughs> I know of. Bounty hunter. Yeah, I know a pirate, man. He's been pirating heaps lately, actually. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any other trips in mind then? Um, like, what's your journey now? I'd like to do a hike um, with Ajna around, like, Appalachian State. Or Where's that? Uh, where's Trail. Appalachian Trail? Ooh, in the States. It's like a five-month walk. Really? Yeah. You know, I want to do that one, me and a mate were talking about doing that one. There's a trail now you can do from the northern tip of New, um, New Zealand to the southern tip. Mm. You can do the whole country. Mm. That'd be good. Yeah, but it takes... Fuck, how long does it take? A year and a bit, I think, from memory? I don't know. It takes a long time. Like, it's a commitment. Like, it's a solid... But I, I feel for myself, like I was saying today, I feel I've got, like, two solid trips left in me. Like, one, mm. I don't know what it's going to be yet. That was, like, the motorbike across Russia with Blake. Like, that was something like that. Or, like, <laughs> they're sailing to the pole. Yeah. It's like... But it's just like, I feel like I've got two big raw ones. And then it's like, I, then by that stage, I think I'll be like, you know, I'm 34 this year. I so think you got... It's going to be hard to do You that. got a lot of life left in you, right? We, no, but I mean like, as in like the next stage of my life, like right now I have the freedom right now of like being single and like have this that I don't have to answer to anyone. If I just mm. want to take off across the country, I can. I think that's pretty cool to, like to take off across the country and do that, but... We, I also found like value in joining a hikers club with my partner, and we met this guy called Steve, and um, he does these walks all throughout our hinterland, like up and around um, Cunyam Range and around the back of Byron, and he's he's just opened up so much, you know back bush tracks and I think he's pretty inspirational because he just wants to inspire young people to walk more like more bush bashing and trail and mm. just to get lost more and um me and Ajna went on a walk like the other week and like it's so amazing to see your own backyard yeah more so in depth than um just doing the normal trails so like he's he's old like he's you know in his 70s or 80s 70 yeah Yeah, 60 70 i I did a podcast with scotty page who was opening up old like muster trails like they Mm. were blazed yeah that he was his great 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 grandfather wd tarlington and like he then he ran them they like literally went and like recut them Mm. you know what I mean to run mm. these trails and like yeah like hiking running like they they run but it's yeah have you ever heard of Tara Rones no did a podcast no. with her I've done a couple with her but she walked around Australia yeah. it took her four and a half years she walked around Australia she's yeah. next level but she did, same again she just does these big huge walks I think there's so many people out there that are just doing incredible things like that blow me away they're People are inspiration for people, you know. You, well, if you guys have kids, <laughs> would you, are you just going to keep doing it? Like, I think if yeah. I have a kid, I'm just going to buy a bus and a yacht. Definitely. Like, that's... My kids will enjoy the forest just as much as we do. Like, that'll be... It'll 
you know, the wild thornberries, like that little yeah. Donny kid, like, <laughs> he was running around the forest, like, dude, dude, <laughs> have you seen the kids around here, our neighbor's kids? That is literally them. They're just <laughs> yeah. running around, picking up animals, playing in the forest. Yeah. Yeah, children it, should be like that, yeah. That's exactly how children should be. Should be. <laughs> should, um, you guys should buy the neighbour's block. Yeah. Should we buy, should. should really buy the neighbour's block. I reckon you guys would be a great... Yeah. Great add to the community. Yeah. Imagine the surfing club we're going to do. We'll have <laughs> proms. What would we call it? Ben and I got to find wives. Yeah. <laughs> Ben and Aaron find a wife. Yeah, right now we're just married to each other. (laughs) (laughs) On Instagram. (laughs) That's that's still alright, right? right? I suppose. (laughs) The other night, we were sitting there, and our friends Shani and Adam, our neighbours over here, they started having this argument in front of us, like a full-on domestic. It was so funny. (laughs) Because Adam didn't make the dal... No, he didn't make the sard right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he put he put cream in there instead of yogurt. And Shani was like, "Do Indians ever eat cream?" <laughs> and anyway, so then, so then, as a joke, so true, they don't. As a joke, Ben and I started having a domestic, and then I got offended because Ben said that he was the the boy in the relationship. And I was like, "Fuck off." <laughs> You're the girl. <laughs> and then him and I had a domestic over who was the male or female in our relationship. We, Me and my partner just worked out that, you know, we suck at doing things together. <laughs> like, we absolutely suck. Really? Like, as in, like, you're not a good team? Why? No, we're a terrible team. Like, because... But we're good. Like, I... <laughs> Backtrack I, now. She's right in. I do something and then she does it her way and I do it my way and then we're both fixated on our way. But we get it done and we come together and we're like, oh, wow. Oh, I'm up. <laughs> do you, do you I, think, I think we're both just similar and we both are so set on, on doing it how we want that it's just learning how to give and take and compromise with each other. I suppose, it, yeah, it's a whole journey for you guys to learn that. Like, if you're going to go on, like, these huge w- hikes, you don't want to kill each other in the middle of fucking nowhere, you know what I mean? Like, three months into a hike, you're just like... I want to go this way. No, you know that what, way. But this if, way. If you can get through something like that, like, imagine your bond. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're working through so much stuff every day. If you day. buy kayaks, get two s- different ones. Yeah, get two single kayaks. Do not buy a divorce kayak, which is a double <laughs> kayak. <laughs> oh, we doubled out Julian Rocks, and it was fine. We did well. She's a good paddler. <laughs> good, good. She's good a good paddler. Yeah, good paddling, been paddling. Oh, good paddling. <laughs> she did well. All right, man. All right, let's um, let's go back to Chinwagon without the mic next to the fire. Yeah, you're just so ridiculous, dude. I love it. That is so good. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Let's pay respects to Fred. I hope he's um, I hope she, she yeah. she's hope she's still, still alive. Yeah, still kicking on. And what? Yeah. What did you use as a pillow? I didn't have a pillow. <laughs> did you? Because no, sometimes I would get like a jacket and just put clothes. Yeah, in it yeah. Just, is that what you use? That's what I use. You get a sore neck. Just stuffed um, 
you know, the, the dry bags that you can twist up and make them puffy. Yeah. Yeah, I just use them. It's <laughs> <laughs> my sleeping bag cover. Yeah. yeah. This is, I think, I think a good note to like leave this podcast with is like literally just the realization and it's something that I think a lot of people say, but actually I think it stays on the surface level of the mind, but actually it's an actual reality. I think it's something you've got to feel. And that is like, it's like you can literally do the shit you want to do, mm. you know, in a, in a way it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I know we're like pretty privileged with the life that we live, but it's just like, you know, I've sacrificed so much to be able to do the things that I've wanted to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like even right now, like right now after this tonight, I'm driving North cause I'm go- going to go up to, central Queensland like go away from my home and my community my friends and loved ones so I can work for a couple months so I can save just for my next adventure because I want to sail to the pole mm. you know what I mean it's just like a bit of sacrificing to go do something that yeah. you want to do and it's like yeah it's a ridiculous idea but it's like I know it's doable I know yeah I need money it's just like I've, I've okay there's an end product it's like you had the dream and then you mm. realize like the things that you've had to do to get to that dream and mm. you've just done it. Like it wasn't even a question. And it's just like, for me, it's like when I have life goals or goals, it's not even a question. I just do it mm. because like, I just go, okay, I want to do this. And in my mind, it's like, maybe I'm lucky that I'm wired this way, but it's just like, if there's something I want to do. I just work out how I have to do mm. it to get there. And then I just do that. I just Thoughts start that things. step by step. You know what I mean? It's like that's something mm. that like you've done like and like in the most interesting, ridiculous, hilarious yeah. like hilarious kind of way and like just in just such a raw adventure. It's like you went and got a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> walked across Turkey. It's like that is so brilliant and it makes me just want to do something like that. Yeah. Would you it's... recommend someone else if anyone was going to do something like that? What re- advice would you give them? I recommend, like, if you have something in mind, like, pursue it, for sure. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, buying an animal and walking across the country, but if you've, you know, just inspired to do a trek or inspired to just go somewhere new or especially with this COVID stuff, like, such a big scare of all that right now. Like, I think if you if you want to go out and do it and it's possible, like, Try and make it possible. Have you noticed, and think about this, Ben, like as us living out here, the bush, think about all the, all the, all the visitors that we've had lately that are having like huge life changing realizations because they've suddenly been given the space to have awareness. It's like Steve, like Steve Wall, he's just moved to, to Stuart's, um, Stuart's point, like, um, Sophia that was here yesterday it's just like all these people have been in the city like in Sydney and they've just you know suddenly like COVID's been a thing for them to like just stop and relax and like suddenly have these like life realizations but it's like what was tripping me out is with all these people that it's been happening to that I've been seeing the last three four weeks of all these people just suddenly like like Blake one of my best mates he just quit his job and he just moved out of Sydney Mm-hmm. He's like, because he realized it's like allowed him to have these realizations. And I, and I was thinking about this today when, so it, cause Sophia was telling me the same conversation that I've had probably over 10 times in the last three weeks of someone like having these life realizations and moving and like just changing. And I was thinking like, 
wow, imagine if it didn't take an epidemic to have that realization. Like, wow, what if it didn't have something like, imagine if you just like allowed yourself to like do the things you wanted to do or like, like. I reckon a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, like not just all the podcasts that you do, but also specifically this one, if that makes sense. Um, I reckon a lot of people will change. I don't, I don't reckon they'll need an epidemic for that to happen. I mean, for me, like Bo's been such an inspiration to me. And um, and you are too, like in terms of all your podcasts. But this one is, to me, is just really clear of like, if you have a dream, you can get out there and you can get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I, t- I had this, um, fuck, I had a great day today because I locked up my house. <laughs> it locks. And, <laughs> and I'm... And you I'm, locked me out, hon. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm leaving for this... Um, for the next three months to go on a bit of adventure to do this job and then I'm going up to the Daintree and I'm going to go um, dive some of the islands off Queensland and stuff and and I found this diary that's in my house right well it was in my in my van that's been parked on my property for a couple of years my old van that I used to live in and I found a diary from five years ago and it was when I was with my ex-girlfriend and, and, it, and there's a thing there and it says my life goals and something that I wrote five years ago and the first thing was to live off grid in nature the second was to be more aware of nature and try and take less from nature and add to it not just take from nature be able to add to nature and then it was like to build my own house it was like to be tick 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 yeah and it was like to help other people in relationships um relationships self love like Oh, I just had, it just had there was this big long list and it was like for me to be more self-aware to learn more about myself like and I read it and I had done them all and I was like so and I had this like fuck when I was driving out of here today when I locked that door I was just like and after reading that and reading those life goals I was sitting there and the feeling that I had today I was so overcome with emotion of just like being proud of myself and then I I was thinking that when I was driving and then in in like an egotistic or like an insecure way, I was like, oh, I shouldn't talk about that because that's like, you know, like when you're like, I had this thing of like, oh, like it's like, it's like bragging when you're like, oh, I'm proud of myself. And then I was like thinking today, what a stupid thought that is like today, like I've accomplished so much because I've allowed myself to tick those things off on the box Mm. and everything on that. It's like, I remember when I wrote that, li- well, I don't remember the day I wrote it. I remember having all those feelings and writing. And I remember like living in Canada and I moved back from Canada to Australia to work, to save money, to do this. And like, when I actually look back on like everything we just said, it's like, I had these life goals and it wasn't even a question of like, just like, oh, I want to do this one day. I was like, oh, I want to do this one day. So I just went and started doing the things to do that. And now suddenly I'm here five years yeah. later with everything on that list and that list was for my life yeah you know what i mean my new list my list was the same like when i was a kid after i studied tourism and business management and learned about the world a bit in tafe and i was i remember i had this big um big guy that just talked and talked and talked and i was just like get me out of this classroom get me around the world and set myself a goal like i want to travel for four years and 
I remember thinking about it every night going to bed, thinking about the world and how I wanted to travel. And I remember I just, when I got back from schoolies when I was 18, I just booked it. I went in to see the travel agent and I said like, how much for a around the world ticket? And she's like, oh, two grand. I'm like, I've got 200 bucks. Is that enough? (laughs) (laughs) And I just slapped a deposit on. And she's like, yeah, you got three months to pay that, mate. And I had no job, but the next day I was out there looking for a job. I got this job plastering my mate's house naked. Like I I stripped down naked and just ended up (laughs) duct taping an iPod to myself. Same iPod that I buried. Why did you have to be naked? Well, I hated getting paint on my Subway clothes because I worked at Subway. (laughs) (laughs) I was 18, man. It was classic. And I'd ride over to his house in my Subway clothes and I I didn't want to like... You're so much like me, man. Oh, man. And I I stripped off when they left and I duct taped this iPod to myself and just painted and renovated their house. And then when... I had to, it was like a split shift, but it was a whole day of yeah. working. And this work just come within three days and I saved enough money to just pay off this ticket. And I didn't have much money, but then I left to go to Canada. But like, I remember just living, like hitchhiking around, yeah. same as you. Like before I watched that movie, like I'd already hitchhike up and down the coast of America and what movie into Canada. the wild yeah and you'd well, already hitchhiked up and down the coast and yeah, how fun like, is fucking hitchhiking it's amazing it's like right? that's <laughs> what was really cool was introducing um, two of my friends when we went to Tonga into hitchhiking like yeah. Blake and I hitchhiked um, it was weird because I met Blake when I when I was 21 in Chile and we were hitchhiking mm. yeah and he that's how he travelled and then Fast forward 12 years or, yeah, 12 years, we're in Tonga and it's like I had to convince them. Well, Blake didn't need much convincing, but I had to convince the group to hitchhike. Yeah. And it was like, it was like a forgotten thing to do. Yeah. And it's just like, man, Ben, do you remember when I hitchhiked from here to the Gold Coast? <laughs> Wait, dude, I fucking hitchhiked. I had this thing where I was just going to get real stone and just hitchhike and just see what happened. Yeah. And I remember your friends, Ben, took me to Coffs Harbour. And I stayed at Hannah's place. And then Hannah's like, because I said to Hannah, I was like, a friend of mine, I was like, oh, can you drop me out on the main road? And I'm, I'm just going to hitchhike. And she's like, oh, one time I saw a hitchhiker, hitchhiker in Coffs Harbour, like at the Big Banana. I'll drop you off up there. And I was like, all right, sweet. So she dropped me off up there and she had to go to work. And I'm like looking. <laughs> and it's like you, you go around stop. a bend and then it's downhill 80 k's. <laughs> And then swoops past and there's nowhere for a car to pull over. <laughs> Straight in 110. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm like looking and I'm like, oh, this oh. is the worst place to hitchhike. And I'm like, so I just like, well, fuck it. I'll figure it out. And so I sat there and I smoked this huge joint. <laughs> like a fucking real big number too. And I was having a coffee from the big banana. I sat there and I was just like, yeah, fucking, you know, when you're just like I'm on an adventure, it doesn't matter. It's just whatever happens, happens, happens. And then I got high right, and I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll just fucking go down the road. And then to, like, where it straightens out a bit, there might be somewhere pulling off, and I can be a better place to hitchhike. So I go to cross the road into that Corora part, but there was no walkway. There was mm-hmm. no way to get down or, like, go along. And then I've turned back and looked across the busy road at the Big Banana, and this Korean guy has pulled up, and he's checking his tyres. 
And I was like, looked across the road and I was like, oh, there's a guy pulled up with a big banana. I'll just go ask him to drop me down the road. So I crossed the road again, like full, such a busy road, man. And then like a car's flying, it's a highway. Yeah. So I've run across the road and I've gone up to this guy. And I was like, oh, excuse me, mate. And he, and he couldn't speak much English. And I was like, oh, mate, um, would you mind? And he was like all flustered. He was all scared. And he's like, and I was like, oh, would you mind dropping me down the road? I'm trying to hit and he goes oh i don't know where down the road is i'm not from here and i was like oh well where are you going and he's like brisbane and i'm like oh i'm going to the gold coast can i get a lift and he just looked at me and he's like uh uh stuck uh, okay and then so i'm like all right so now i jump in with this korean guy that can hardly speak english and his car wouldn't start that morning so he was, he was freaking that he thought he had a um that his car was broken so that's why he was stopping and pulling over so i was like man i'll have a look at your car for you and then it turned out he just had a dead battery. His battery yeah. had died. So I took him to Battery World, <laughs> got him a new battery. And then he's like, oh, my hero, my hero. So good. And I ended up taking him to my mum's place, man. <laughs> he dropped me off at mum's place on the Gold Coast. And then he came in and like had tea and like... That's had, amazing. Yeah, he was frothing, man. He's like, my new friend. Like I spent... What, I spent four hours in a car with him. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So fun. Uh, yeah. I hitchhiked around Australia. Did you? Yeah. When? Like 21, 22. When you're 20, and how, you're 33 22. now, yeah? Yeah. 86, baby? Yeah. yeah 88. So 88. Oh, yeah. I'm older. 32. You're 32. Fuck, I'm 32. 32. Wait, so wait, you hitchhiked around Australia? Yeah. It was amazing. Did you take like camp gear? Yeah. I I ended up having a van and I drove um, down the coast, uh, basically to Melbourne and then Melbourne all the way through to Torquay and Torquay my car blew up. So I ended up giving my van to cash converters or selling it to the wreckers and everything inside it to cash converters for like 200 and something dollars. That's what my life was worth. (laughs) (laughs) And then from there on... Just went to Lawn and then Lawn hitchhiked like up um, through towards Adelaide and then Adelaide up through the middle. middle, Up to Port Augusta. Yeah, Port then, Augusta all the way through the middle. Oh, you so went up Darwin. to like, like Cooper Pedy? Uh, past Cooper Pedy, past Alice Springs, and in like. Did so you hitchhiked up into the middle of Australia? Yeah, and Alice Springs, all at Catherine, Catherine Darwin, Darwin did like Litchfield National Park. Yeah. And then where would you sleep? Just on the sides of the road. How how did that feel, that freedom of just like no turning back, as in like here I go, I'm just on, thumbs out, like like I know what that feels like, but how did how do you describe that when it's just like you, there is nothing to worry about in the world. Yeah, you don't like, literally think about yesterday so or tomorrow. You just you don't even think about where you're going to sleep at night. You're just so in the moment. It's amazing. Fuck, I like, to I was, live your life like that. Like, I think even when you're walking, you don't really know a destination. You just end up where you end up, fuck. and you're content with it. That is so good. I'm, I'm packing when I was packing the troopy today, and I was packing all my dive gear. I was getting so excited because it's like, I, I just know like, so I'm meeting up with um, the Geordie, the Witch and the Wench again, a guy that I did a podcast with. He's sailing up the, um, 
Oh my god, it's so crazy shooting star. Hmm. No, but this guy, he's sailing up right now and he wanted me to sail north with him. And I said, but I've got to go do this work. And I said to him, I'll just meet you wherever you are. So it's like sick, but I'm going to have to make it out to wherever he is. And I'm so excited because I'm going to go up to the Daintree and then drive down. And then wherever he is, like somewhere out on the islands, I'm just going to hitchhike to it. I might even like, yeah, but I was thinking like, could be even a cool way to like try find a good hitchhiking route Mm. because it's so easy to hitchhike on yachts because they're always looking for people to help for passages. Mm. It's so easy to hitchhike up the coast. A highway. It is. Like, people are going, like, you've got 12 hour passages, 24, like, overnight passages, and there's, like, some old couple, they want help to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So That's you just amazing. jump on and, like, <laughs> get off the next place. And you just, it's so free. It's one thing I never did was the boats. Like, I'd like to sail more. Or sail. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll sail away. <laughs> you've just inspired me so much to do more, like, Land-based stuff. Just hitchhiking. It's, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you guys want to say anything before we turn the recording off? Yeah, I just wanted to say one last little thing, which I thought was kind of funny. When um, Bo got back, I'm pretty sure it was when you got back, you told one of your your kids, like your students, you're like, oh, yeah, I just, um, just walked walked a donkey across Turkey. And then one of the kids' response was like, Oh, poor Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> poor Turkey. And then um, one kid said, like, he thought about it. He's like, oh, um, you, can, you can buy a donkey in Turkey, but you can't buy a turkey in donkey. <laughs> so, so like I was like... They're actually really right. Yeah. You could buy a donkey and How long did it take you? Uh, it took me a month and a half, maybe two months. Really? Like of walking. But, yeah, all up that trip was... Like, my brother was over there in Switzerland, and he got married at the same time, so I cut the two months trip short, and I went over and seen him for the last month. And then I walked across Italy after that as well. So really? I, like I found a trail from Cinque Terre. Cinque Terre. Wait, how's ex- how exciting is it leaving for a trip not knowing where you're going to end up? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like think about that. It's like how oh. exciting that is because you're just like, I have no idea. Like when you put your thumb out to hitchhike. That, I've done trips where it's just like wherever they're going is where you go. Mm, that, you know what I mean? That same trip actually. Like I, I got back to um, Holland, sorry, before I met up with my brother, but I got back to Holland and my friend who just created the Nomads bus, like her name's Valerie Cook and Tim, her um, husband, with their kids, created this 70-foot hostel on wheels in a bus and it was the first time that they were going around Europe um, and they took me and... um, a writer from um, New York Times and a few other people, like a filmer, up into the mountains of France. And they drove this bus, like, that I got invited on, um, all the way to the France, like, this car park where they parked the bus up and we did a week of snowboarding. 
And like that was just straight after Turkey. Actually, I just remember like, that now. <laughs> that just happened it, like that. Those I just things got happen because you're allowing yourself to do the things you want to do. When yeah, when you allow yourself to not okay, what it is for me, what I think it is, right? It's like when you drop control and you give yourself complete freedom. It's like okay, I've said this so much on podcasts, but it's like let the experience take you traveling. Yeah. And when you like drop control and drop agenda and you be like, let the experience take you, you're open to anything. The politics of experience. Yeah. And then just by being open and being an open person, you like the energy that you have is like, you're just a good vibe. So people want you there. Like people want to invite you on places like on things like that and on trips like that. That, that was amazing. And then I see my brother and then I walked, but that was a great way to end the trip after yeah. that like yeah but that was turkey <laughs> that was turkey in, turkey in a, <laughs> in a nutshell in a nutshell all right let's get out of here man that's um hey thanks bo thank you you just like really inspired me thank you hopefully yeah. i wonder what stupid thing i'm gonna do from listening to you now <laughs> like i was saying hisham's to blame for like me wanting to climb mountains there's people out there there's people that have done amazing things like I met a lady who walked across Australia with camels as well she's a Steiner teacher now as well her name's Linda and done amazing things so there's people all the way this is one thing about the podcast I just meet so many amazing people Jeff Wilson is my freaking hero Mm. and he's got like how many world records he's got so many maybe 12 world records now or something or, but he's just he's just it's kind of scary the things that I've I've realised what the human body and the human mind is capable of doing what yeah. these people like show you or prove to you that, like what it's capable of doing and then and that realisation to yourself that's like oh I can do that and now it's actually scary the things that I know that I'm capable of yeah. you know what I mean yeah. And it's like, in a way, it's like in a nervous way, but in an exciting way, it's like, oh, what am I going to get myself into mm. from socks? You know what I mean? Keep pushing it. Fuck, Ben, how much have I been talking about sailing to the... To the man, oh, I don't even want to say it on the podcast where, where we're going. But like, there's this fucking island, there's this volcano that sticks up in the middle of nowhere, up near the North Pole, and I've convinced a guy that's keen to sail there. <laughs> and I'm like I just can't I can't even fathom it it's just like no because I've been I'm really loving the Arctic and like going up there and then I, I had this was I t- telling you today Ben at the point like a thing that I didn't even realise like about surfing up there that I realised like the other week when I was like planning it was like fuck polar bears when you're surfing they'll yeah. swim out like I'm sure they would because if they dig through ice and they're swimming out to like different like they swim out to um to like floating ice and everything to icebergs to like get seals and stuff they'll swim out to you surfing you're not even that far offshore I wonder if you could do an expedition with a cat and like you sailing. take a cat yeah <laughs> meow, meow, yeah people do that <laughs> yeah. they have cats on their boat yeah but yeah, take a cat like a house cat all the way up to the arctic <laughs> uh, this is a completely random story but yeah I was sailing in New Zealand and um, <laughs> I was sailing on, on my friend's boat and then there was this other guy that wanted to come along as well on his boat. And um, we kind of felt like, oh, it'd be a good idea to keep him company at the same time. So, like, we all took turns to sail on that guy's boat. And he had a pet cat. 
that he yes. would like carry around everywhere on the boat and like pat it and talk to it. And he had like a scratch pole, like a designated <laughs> scratch pole inside the boat and had nice. its own bed and he would nonstop talking to the cat. Yeah. But the weird thing about it was, <laughs> was the cat was actually just a, a stuffed doll. <laughs> it wasn't a real cat. It wasn't a real cat. It was just like a toy cat. Wow. And so it was kind of like... We always, then, always kind of like rocked off as like, okay, who's going to go with that guy? Because we know we'd like be stuck with him for like... with him? Yeah, he'd be yeah, stuck felt, with yeah, him. Yeah, totally felt safe with him, safe with him for sure. It was just yeah. the... But it was just that guy. <laughs> just You just knew you were going to get into some twisted conversations on that boat. I yeah. heard some weird stuff about boats and people... Heard some weird stuff about boats and people and travels and <laughs> especially a lot of... Um, well, you lose your mind. Yeah. For sure, because you're so lonely. You're out there... It's a very humbled thing. Like I've, yeah. I've lost my mind from sailing. Yeah, which actually that story is coming out soon. <laughs> I pulled a gun to a dude's head. Great. No, I'd we got robbed, and it was a fake gun. Oh yeah. no, I shouldn't say that. Delete that. Delete that. No, but it was no. I like literally lost it. Like I was like, when you're so in the primitive mind, you're at sea and like everything's so raw and wild, and then another primitive mind robs you. It's like you lose it. All right, well, let's wrap it up. <laughs> right. Who else wants to tell a story now? We've, it's actually, this is what's so funny, right? Because we've already said, like, um, at one stage in the, or two times in this podcast, I've, I've said the words, like, all right, thank, like, you know, and, like, ended it. So all mm. I have to do, and that's what we did, what I did for the Akers podcast, because we stopped and then started again. I just cut the part out of the first part where we said ended and put it at the end. Mm. And it's so easy to do. Too easy. <laughs> that last little explanation, are you going to keep that in? I don't know. Yeah, I should shut up now because it's just. No, keep it in. It's me. authentic. This is more editing for me now. Fuck. I don't. No. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Wait. If I'm still talking, does that mean I have to get my own beer? If we're still on mic? <laughs> ben? Was <laughs> anyone getting up to get beers? I'll be the wife tonight. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm lucky tonight. We can beers. Would anyone like a beer while Ben's up, getting everyone beers? I'll have a beer. I'll have a beer. Yeah. Un, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Yeah. Beers all Eight of us. <laughs> How good just the fucking life. Just like out by the fire, watching the stars. And this is the life we've created. Isn't it just magical? <laughs> yeah, you need to pee. All right, I'm, fr- I'm getting off. All right, thanks, dude. Thank you, mate.
That's our, that's our podcast outro right there. <laughs> this is my partner, Ashna. 